The Health Mastery Cafe is recorded live and produced by DMMD Studios in Chicago. Part two of our WebMD series, we're going to be talking the anti-inflammatory diet with registered dietitian Livia Lee. She's going to give us the superlative seven, seven power-packed foods everyone should eat. Next on the Health Mastery Cafe, rethinking what's at stake, rebranding health. This episode of the Health Mastery Cafe is brought to you by WebMD. Find out more at webmd.com forward slash heart health. Welcome back to the Health Mastery Cafe with Dr. Dave, sponsored by WebMD. We all have a relationship with food. The extent of that relationship, the type of that relationship, whether it's a healthy relationship, unhealthy, it obviously varies widely between us. It varies between cultures and societies. Some of this is due to the so-called food movement, and we know it's here to stay. And while it's wrought with a lot of controversial issues like GMOs or sugar substitutes or should we be using antibiotics, there's really one overarching theme that seems to be undebatable. Nobody's arguing that there are in existence today whole foods, not macronutrients, right? We don't eat carbohydrates. We eat whole foods and that there are those that are available and have been since the beginning of time that are full with the healthiest substances. Many of these foods are enjoying a resurgence on our collective plates, if you will, and an enormous amount of popularity. Some of these foods are brought back from sheer and utter banishment, like Brussels sprouts, for example. You'll see them everywhere in the trendy new restaurants. But when I was growing up, of course, Brussels sprouts were anathema. I didn't want to hear about them, let alone eat them. The science of food has also matured in our common parlance, in large part due to this so-called food movement. Today, we're going to explore some of the most nutritious foods known to man on the Health Mastery Cafe. Don't go away. We'll be right back. on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at The Good Dr. Dave, and on Facebook at Dr. Dave, or visit DaveMontgomeryMD.com. We'd love to hear from you. Reach your target market with advertising on the show. Email us at info at DaveMontgomeryMD.com. Promote your company, product, or service. Email info at DaveMontgomeryMD.com. So we're back here on the Health Mastery Cafe, and we're talking today about some of the most nutritious foods known to man. And I'm joined on the phone live from Chicago by Livia Lee, who is a registered dietitian and nutritionist who is trained not just here in the United States, but also in Brazil. So she brings us a wealth of cultural information about foods. She's also the founder of Nutrali, which is a nutrition consultancy company that is based out of Chicago. Livia, welcome to the Health Mastery Cafe. So good to have you. 
Thank you very much for having me here today, Buckethead. Absolutely. So the superlative seven, I am so excited to get into the superlative seven, these seven foods that we think are the most nutritious that everybody should find in their diets in some way, shape, or form. But before we get into it, what I'd like to do is really do our coffee breaks. Uh, three different questions, two different choices apiece. Why don't we start our coffee break? You down for that? All right. All right, let's do it. Number one is, would you choose coffee or tea? I would choose coffee. Aha, interesting. And this is a nutritionist, ladies and gentlemen, choosing coffee. Number two, number two is rock and roll or country? I would choose rock and roll. Rock and roll, she says. Okay, she's a rock and roll kind of gal. And the third, but the uh, the last but not the least, is whether you would choose spinach or kale. I would choose spinach. Ah, coming straight from the mouth of the expert. Okay, all right. Well, well, thank you for playing our little game. I want us to get into the superlative seven because, you know, obviously that's why people are tuned into the podcast uh, and to this segment in particular uh, that is sponsored by WebMD. And people, you can find Livia all over the social media landscape. She's going to tell us all about those. Your Pinterest page, by the way, Livia, is really fantastic. There's a lot of neat recipes and, and tips that you give people. I would have people make sure that they go to the Nutrily, that is N-U-T-R-I-L-Y, Nutrily Pinterest page, as well as her Facebook, her YouTube, her Twitter pages. Let's talk about the Superlative 7, Livia. Tell me why you picked these seven for the superlative seven today. Of course. I think well, we are every day more and more focused on our health, Dr. Dave, and on the foods that we eat. So it's important to talk about nutrition and about some very amazing foods that we should be incorporating in our daily lives. And, of course, we need a variety of foods and everything that all the nutrients needed to prevent diseases and promote health. But I selected the top seven superfoods because they act like functional foods. And functional foods are foods that have a potentially positive effect on health beyond just basic nutrition. Yeah, so, so beyond the nutrition, they have right. other health benefits. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so okay. they may act as an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, or antimicrobial. All right, well, good. Let's get into... The superlative seven. What's number one on your list? So because you're a cardiologist, Dr. Dave, <laughs> one that, that I highly admire, yes. we can start off about a heart-healthy superfood. What do you think? Excellent. I think that's fantastic. And no, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I did not pay her to say that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my first superfood is flaxseed. Flaxseeds. Okay. All right. Flaxseeds may be the richest plant source of this omega-3 called alpha-linolenic acid, or ALA, ALA. And ALA is converted to other omega-3s in our body called EPA and DHA. And you find those in fatty fish like salmon. And those help decrease our bad cholesterol levels and triglycerides. They thin our blood and reduce inflammation. And, you know... All these things help prevent heart attacks and strokes. But unfortunately, this conversion process is um, inefficient in our bodies, and we could be lacking either vitamins and minerals or even enzymes for these conversions to happen. But flaxseed is still a superfood and heart healthy because it, because it contains other important nutrients too. 
slight soluble fibers that also help to decrease bad cholesterol. And a substance called tagogen and also lignin, they work in synergy and they actually lower our pressure. So they are known to lower the blood pressure, these other substances that you're mentioning. That's correct. And there was an important study, a double-blinded randomized control trial that was done in 2013 with 110 people. So it was a big mystery. They did not know what they were taking, but it was either a placebo or two tablespoons of flaxseed that was that were added to foods. And after six months, they revealed the big mystery and People who had high blood pressure and ate the two tablespoons of flaxseed daily had a significant reduction in their blood pressure and up to 15 points in their systolic. So flaxseeds were so effective that they were compared to medications wow. where they showed improved efficacy. So flaxseeds are the number one food for heart health and it's also a superfood. All right, perfect. So you guys have heard it here. The number one food that she has chosen in the superlative seven, the superfoods, is flax seeds. What's number two, Livia? Of course. So moving on, fermented foods would be my number two. Fermented foods. Fermented foods. Some people may think, what? Fermented foods does does not sound good. Yeah, that (laughs) could turn a lot of people off. Right. But I chose them because they have probiotics. And I'm sure your listeners often read about nutrition, so probably heard about probiotics before, or they even take supplements. Right. And probiotics feed your healthy gut bacteria. And basically, your gut bacteria is responsible for so many functions in your body, including making vitamins, hormones, or anti-inflammatory components. Your healthy gut bacteria acts as your second brain, basically. But anyway, Dr. Dave, what are fermented foods? Well, I would say if yogurt is the only probiotic food people are eating, then they're missing out on a whole lot of healthy fermented foods out there. And fermented foods contain a lot more probiotics than a supplement. You can eat kimchi and sauerkraut, common ones, or you can make your own kefir or ferment your vegetables by creating a brine at home. So that's really important for people to know, that that supplemented and fortified yogurts are not really the only high-level source, food source, of probiotics. In fact, you said fermented foods like kimchi and other things like kefir, which is a form of a dairy product, right, that you can actually make at home are really rich uh, sources of probiotics. So probiotics and fermented-type foods are your number two on the superlative seven list. What about number three? All right. So my number three in the superfood category are sprouts. Sprouts. So uh, so sprouts are basically – so you can make your own sprout at home. The sprout is produced when a seed starts growing into a vegetable, you know, the first – the very first few days. And vegetable sprouts are superfoods because, you know, they have more nutrients than their mature versions and a higher antioxidant and anti-inflammatory content as well. The most widely available sprouts that I see in the market are bean sprouts or most bean sprouts. Bean sprouts, okay. And I I highly recommend that you buy them organic so you can avoid pesticides and also that you avoid buying alfalfa 
which is also a sprout, but it's a transgenic food, like as we call it in Brazil, or a food that has GMOs that is commercially available in the U.S. So let's take a pause there for a second because this is one of those points of controversy, right? You're saying alfalfa sprouts are a genetically modified plant, and you would recommend against alfalfa sprouts. There are people who are eating alfalfa sprouts as they're listening to us. What should you tell them? I would say that you can look for organic versions of the alfalfa sprouts, so that way you know that they won't have the GMOs. Uh, They use mostly alfalfa for cattle feed or for other animals' um, food consumption. But it might reach our market. So the best way to avoid it would be just look for organic alfalfa or you look or you can eat the the bean sprouts or make your own sprouts at home to be on a safer side too. So bean sprouts is the sprout that you really are recommending here, not alfalfa. And if they are alfalfa, make sure it's organic so it doesn't have the pesticides, insecticides. Right. It it does not have the GMO. The transgenic food, um, they may change the genes on the alfalfa, and we we don't know the impact of that in our health, health yet. Okay, so it's not been proven yet. So let's let's stick with what we know has been proven to have these rich sources of n- nutritious uh, elements and that are known to affect our health in positive ways. That's great. We're on the phone today uh, with Livia Lee, who is a registered dietitian and nutritionist, who is telling us and taking us through the superlative seven, the most nutritious foods that she is suggesting that we all should be eating. Let's take a break, Livia, and when we come back, I want us to finish with the superlative seven ahead on the Health Mastery Cafe. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The information you see, the inspiration you need. Practical, relevant, current. Tune in to the Health Mastery Cafe with Dr. Dave. Nothing like this has ever been done before. The Health Mastery Cafe, rebranding health. This episode of the Health Mastery Cafe is brought to you by WebMD. Find out more at webmd.com forward slash heart health. So we're back here on the Health Mastery Cafe, and we're talking about the superlative seven with dietitian and nutritionist Livia Lee, who is also the founder of Lee, which is a consultancy for, uh, company, which is a nutrition consultancy company in Chicago. She's taking us through some of the most nutritious foods. We talked about, Livia, already flax seeds as the number one. Number two were the fermented foods, in particular things like kimchi, and not just fortified yogurts, but kimchi can have, can be chock full of some of the antioxidants and anti-inflammatory type of substances that are found naturally in these, in these foods. And then you were going to get us to number three, which was sprouts. And we were talking about, in particular, bean sprouts. Tell us more about bean sprouts. Yeah, um, in general, not just bean sprouts, but sprouts in general are known to have a lot of enzymes in them. So more than raw fruits and vegetables, which means that they will help with digestion and nutrient absorption. And I looked in PubMed and I found many important studies, you know, randomized, placebo, double-blinded controlled trials that investigated the benefits of specifically broccoli sprouts. We know that broccoli is a superfood, but it's 
sprouts are even more potent. So, so there was a study that showed that smokers infected with the flu virus and eight broccoli sprouts had a significant reduction of the virus quantity and markers for inflammation. And then also in 2011 and 12, there were more double-blind and placebo-controlled trial studies done in diabetics taking broccoli sprouts. And results show that eating broccoli sprouts improved significantly insulin resistance, decreased their free radicals and oxidative stress, decreased the triglycerides, oxidized LDL cholesterol, you know, which is related to heart disease, and increased HDL cholesterol, the good cholesterol. Ah, wow, that's really amazing. So these sprouts yeah. really are chock full of antioxidants. And as we know, antioxidants play so many healthy roles in our cellular metabolism that we really need to be focusing on sprouts as a major superlative seven, as one of the major superfoods we all should be eating. That is fantastic. Let's move on to your fourth superlative seven, your fourth superfood. So if you're lost, we talked about flax seeds, fermented foods, sprouts, and now my fourth superfood category is, or why? Because herbs are loaded with antioxidants, and according to the USDA, there is one that ranks highest. Which one do you think it is? Uh, which herb is ranked highest? Um, <laughs> let's say sage. It's oregano. Oregano. Oh, Yes, add oregano to your life. Oh, wow, oregano. <laughs> yeah. So all the Italians that, that use a lot of fresh oregano and dried oregano, they are doing the right thing. Yeah, you can add to vegetables, salads, breads. And, you know, it, herbs are potent anti-aging foods. You can tell me, like, fruits and vegetables also have antioxidants, but herbs have antioxidants more concentrated in them. And they not only have antioxidant properties, but also anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, and antifungal properties. Some others, like rosemary and sage, have been shown to improve brain function. Aha! I think something yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really and holistic health professionals use thyme and rosemary for hair growth or peppermint for irritable bowel syndrome. So it's definitely a food that, you know, has a low price and plenty of benefits for you guys to eat more often. I would say two meals a day, you add an herb. If you don't prepare your meals with herbs, then you add to your salads, juices, smoothies. And it sounds, that's actually a really good idea to put a little oregano in one of your, one of your smoothies, one of your juices. I mean, that's a really creative way to give it a different little kick, a different character than it normally would. Yeah, I, and I think people should try it. If you guys are out there and you're listening and you are a juicer or you are a smoothie person, I'd love to hear what your recipe would be to add just a little bit of rosemary, just a little bit of oregano. Put it on our Facebook page at Dr. Dave or go to Twitter at The Good Dr. Dave. I would love to hear what you have to say. Tell us what recipes you come up with where you're adding a little bit of oregano to your smoothie, a little bit of rosemary to your juices. Well, this is fantastic, Livia. We have gone through four of the superlative seven already. Flaxseed, fermented foods, sprouts, and we just finished herbs. I'd like to take a pause here. Let's take a break and come back to number five, which I think people are going to find quite interesting when we come back on the Health Mastery Cafe. 
Don't go away. We'll be right back. This episode of the Health Mastery Cafe is brought to you by WebMD. Find out more at webmd.com forward slash heart health. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at The Good Dr. Dave and on Facebook at Dr. Dave or visit DaveMontgomeryMD.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're back talking about superfoods, the superlative seven. And I'm here on the phone with Livia Lee, who was our registered dietitian and nutritionist. She's the founder of Nutrally, which is a nutrition consultancy company in Chicago. And she is consulting with us today on the Health Mastery Cafe. Livia, we left off with herbs as our fourth superlative, our fourth superfood. Tell us about number five. What do you think number five is? Next on the superfood list are spices, which are also high in the same properties as herbs. But I picked turmeric, which has been shown to demonstrate superpower properties. Ah, turmeric. So now this is interesting because you hear a lot about turmeric. Tell us really why turmeric is on your list. What about it? Well, turmeric is a root. It is dark orange in color, and it's used to make making curry. There is a lot of talk on turmeric, and, you know, it's, this is a global trend. <laughs> it's funny that my grandmother, who lives in a small farm in the state of Sao Paulo, Brazil, always had turmeric in her garden because of its beautiful flowers, but never ate its roots, never even knew you could eat them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but turmeric has a compound called curcumin that has anti-aging, anti-cancer, anti-inflammatory effects, according to meta-analysis and systematic reviews I found. And curcumin is a heart-healthy food, too, because it decreases an inflammatory marker called CRP in our blood that you know more about than I do, Dr. Dave. It is related to heart disease. It is indeed, yes. Yeah, and curcumin is so powerful that it also prevents oxidation of LDL, the bad cholesterol, so it avoids plague buildup in our arteries too. So the 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 active ingredient in turmeric is pronounce it again for us. Curcumin, C U R C U M as in Mary, I N as in Nancy. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So that active ingredient is the anti-inflammatory. It's been shown in studies to decrease CRP, which is this reactive protein that gets produced in the body when there is this inflammatory response, whatever it might be. That's correct. But curcumin is not greatly absorbed by our body, by itself. So one trick is to eat with black pepper to improve its absorption. So black let's pepper. say you add black pepper, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you, let's say you add curcumin to your vegetables or rice while you're cooking. So after you're done preparing that meal, you add black pepper on top of it. So then it will the absorption of turmeric. Ah, so the health benefits of black pepper also in here because it contains this active ingredient. That's excellent. All right, let's keep going. Number six, what is your number six superfood? The superlative seven we're going through, everybody. She's on number six. What's number six? Okay, so next are microgreens. So microgreen is a marketing term that basically means baby plants. 
So and you're saying microgreens yeah. is really just a made-up term, but what you're saying is really what we're trying to get at is the baby plants, these baby green plants. That's right. So they are planted in soil. That's what, that's what makes them different from sprouts. And they are the first small leaves of vegetables to pop up. And like sprouts, they have more nutrition concentrated in their leaves than their mature counterparts. So you can probably find microgreens in all supermarkets, like baby kale and arugula, but you may also try other ones like beet greens, onions, reddish greens, or you can plant your own. So you can have a check now for leafy greens. You know, I add to your salads, smoothies, at the end of preparation. And again, another trick, if you cook darker green leafy vegetables slightly, and add some sort of healthy fat to it, you will absorb much more of its nutrients. Ah, that's interesting. So if you put them in a little bit of, of healthy oil, like safflower oil, then you're able to actually extract more of these nutrients that you're talking about. Maybe I would pick coconut oil. <laughs> in a, in, so the, just the thing, when you cook them slightly and you add a little bit of oil, uh, for example, some vitamins are fat-soluble, so they will absorb better on a, on a fatty environment, so like vitamin A, vitamin K. This is a bit controversial, though, Livia, right? You think that the seventh one is what? Coconut. So coconut, coconut is definitely a food that can be classified as a superfood or a functional food, you know, which are food or ingredients that produce beneficial health effects beyond their basic nutritional functions, right? So first, I have to start by saying that coconut meat and its oil are rich in saturated fats. In fact, it is the richest source of saturated fats found in food. Yeah, but they are not the same type of saturated fats that we find in processed food. Coconuts contain fatty acids called median chain triglycerides. So different from the long chain fatty acids found in other foods, and that are related to increases in cholesterol, for example. So there was a study in 2009 that shows that coconut oil does not increase our cholesterol levels and that it may help decrease our belly fat. Woohoo! Oh, wow. Well, that's pretty yeah. interesting. How, how big was that study? Was that a large study? Yeah, so it was in 2009, and it was a double-blind, randomized controlled trial. And, so, and so, ladies and gentlemen, they, when she's saying that double-blind, randomized controlled trial, that is our speak for some of the best design studies that we know of. So when she's saying that, she's trying to tell you that this was a really well-designed study. Okay, keep going. Just because the MCT, so the medium-chain triglycerides, or our coconut fatty acids, are actually not stored in our body as fat, but we use them for energy. So not only coconut oil has been found to have those MCTs, those fatty acids that are not stored in the body, but also that its fatty acids reduce people's appetite. But I would say that, you know, fats take longer to be digested, so that could be the reason. On top of that, 50% of 90% of saturated fats in coconuts are the ones called lauric acid. And lauric acid has antimicrobial properties, which means it can get rid of harmful pathogens. And this is very important and makes coconut a function of food, a superfood. Aha. Uh -huh. 
So the, the, the issue there, which you raised at the beginning of talking about it, is one that is really important. And we have to understand why saturated fat, no matter what the source is, can lead to problems with cardiovascular health. And it is very simply because the bad fat, saturated fat, is still you know, shuttled around in the blood by bad cholesterol. And it is the bad cholesterol that leads to vascular disease. And so while I think that there are all of these other benefits in coconuts and coconut oil, there is going to be, this is going to be one of the sources of back and forth controversy about which oils, which are the best oils. And there are, is very clear that the polyunsaturated oils, as you have actually mentioned as your number one superfood, is going to lead to a better profile of health altogether. So unless you're overeating a bunch of flax seeds, right? Too much of a good thing is bad, even flax seed, right? You can actually die from too much water, right? So, you know, too much of a good thing is bad. But saturated fat cannot mix in with your blood, which is mostly water, unless it's got a shuttle. And the shuttle is the cholesterol. When you have saturated fat, you get bad cholesterol to shuttle it around. So that's where some of the controversy is. Irrespective of these really good other benefits of coconuts, the meat itself, and the oil. So we're not in a tropical country like Brazil. So it's difficult or expensive to find uh, coconuts. You know, if we find them, they're not going to be as fresh as they should be because they traveled for so long. But you may find it at Asian or Latin markets, and I really recommend that people try eating the coconut as the fruit itself, and then you extract its meat to make your coconut milk, or you can eat it and instead of um, just relying on a supplement or on the oil per se. Or, I mean, it has a. We've seen studies showing the benefits, the benefits of the lauric acid or being uh, antimicrobial, or there's some studies showing oh, there's, it doesn't decrease your cholesterol because it's a medium chain triglycerides, but if you drink the water of the coconut, it, you can consider that as, as your natural sports drink because it has so many electrolytes like potassium and sodium, and you will keep you hydrated. Or you can buy the hairy brown coconut in those Asian or Latin markets if you find them and use the meat to make your own coconut milk by shredding and with water. Or you buy the shredded natural coconut or coconut flakes to make milk. Ah, I see. So these are some of those benefits. And this has been fantastic because I think what we've provided for people is some more information on top of what they may have already understood about some of these superfoods, what we've called the superlative seven, flaxseed, fermented foods, sprouts, herbs, particularly oregano, which was interesting, um, spices, turmeric in particular, the microgreens are the baby greens, like baby arugula, baby kale. These are really interesting sources of, or very uh, rich sources of the nutrients because they're concentrated, she taught us. And then coconut, she says, not necessarily just the oil, but the whole coconut, the water, the meat, the oil, all of it really ends up being power packed when it comes to nutrition. And so, Livia, I want to thank you very much for being with us on the Health Mastery Cafe. We've got to have you back to talk about more things. How can people find you on social media? You can go at my website and Nutri, like nutrition, Lee, 
So dot L is in Larry, Y is in yellow. So notary dot Lee. And then there, from there, you, we can reach our, our social media channel. This episode of the Health Mastery Cafe was brought to you by WebMD. Find out more at webmd.com forward slash hard health. on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at The Good Dr. Dave and on Facebook at Dr. Dave or visit DaveMontgomeryMD.com. We'd love to hear from you. The Health Mastery Cafe. Rethinking what's at stake. Rebranding health. Health Mastery Cafe with Dr. Dave is a production of DMMD Studios.